Hello, and welcome to Roll for Topic, a roundtable discussion about topics related to running role-playing games. I'm Chris Salzman. And I'm Andy Rowe. And we are here with you today with a special New Year's treat, I should say. Um, <laughs> Andy Andy told me very briefly what we're going to do today, but he wouldn't give me like details. So okay. I, I'm going to learn at the same time that you are going to learn, dear listener, what, what we're up to today. Indeed. Yes, it, it'll be very thrilling. And I do need to warn you, Chris, if I just kind of go still and stop moving mm-hmm. or speaking during this podcast it's because i'm in my house where the furnace died a day or two ago and okay. it's colder than you could possibly imagine right now so <laughs> uh, you can see me in the video chat so if i start turning blue or i just yeah. look like i'm sinking into hypo- hypothermia just let me know okay yeah okay i'll just i'll vamp until the, the ambulance gets there <laughs> that's right yeah perfect so the way that we capped off the horrible year that was 2021 was mm-hmm. that we had a great time with two special episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you recall, or if you had a chance to listen to them, we spent one episode with uh, us and a couple of guests building a dungeon on the air. It was a, a sci-fi setting, so not maybe strictly a dungeon. And then the second special episode, we had um, Chris ran for a bunch of uh, brand new to the podcast guests actually ran them through that dungeon in a live actual play, whatever you call it. A handful of them had been been on the podcast before. Going back and listening, I think Corey and Nicole were the, the two that hadn't been on, on the podcast before. Okay, so it was that's great, right. great to have them. But. Yep, uh, that's right. Okay, my, my bad. At any rate, so Chris, if you don't mind, I thought I would start us off just by asking you, grilling you for a minute about your mm-hmm. experience because you were the one who GM'd the adventure that you collectively created with a couple of us. Yeah. And I'd like to hear. I mean, so I think it's safe to say that it went really well. It sounded like everyone had fun, and I mm-hmm. really enjoyed uh, listening to it. How did you feel that the session you GM'd went? I mean, so we've gotten no hate mail about it, so I feel like that's a good, a good <laughs> sign that it was uh, that it was fun to listen to. Um, yeah, I think it went really well. It was, it was super fun. I mean, I love doing the the design and build build episodes quite a bit. So this is the third time we've done it, and so it's it's just a very engaging way for me to to put together and run a game. I guess. Um, yeah. So I think it went it went great. Like any session, you sort of look back like, oh, you know, I m- messed up this or that, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. For sure. quite a bit and the players were amazing um they really dove into their characters in a way that surprised me and was very delightful i think i mentioned to someone um or maybe on the discord like it just felt like too easy to run this <laughs> this adventure huh. everything was just sort of there and the players were were very engaged like it yeah it didn't feel uh like you know sometimes you have a session you feel like you have to kind of like pull it along this one did not feel like that at all yep so more specifically, if you don't mind if I keep putting some questions at yeah, you. So in our planning session, we charted out the adventure. And then after that session, uh, one of the participants, Kyle Latino, made a map, which you mm-hmm. did use in the game and for your GM planning, I assume. Yeah. And then one of the other participants, John Corey, put together some pre-generated PCs and some NPCs. So yeah. I'm curious... When we do this again next year, is there one or two other things we could have done in that planning session that would have made your life as GM a little easier? You know, I think, you know, we pushed pretty hard, I think, to go back and sort of restate a couple times during the planning, the planning episode, like exactly what what we wanted the adventure to be. And that was really helpful. Right. So like as you're as you're thinking through the through an adventure, like, yeah, stopping every once in a while and be like, okay, like, wh- where's this starting? Where is this going? Like, just kind of answering that question um, as you're adding ideas is really helpful. 
to, to pull together. The thing that really stuck out to me was the, those two things that happen in between time, like in between where Kyle, who's an amazing cartographer, like he, he drew a map for this thing. And you know, it like is that. a lovely map. It's an yeah. ASCII style map. If you, uh, if you go to, I think gmdiscussions.com, we posted mm-hmm. that map and it's a full glory. Carry on. Yeah. Yeah. We posted it there. And then I know like, you know, Kyle did a, a video on his YouTube channel, uh, map pro where he, he talks like, yeah, talks a little bit about like, yeah, putting it together and, and shows, shows how he put it together too. Yeah. So like, I mean, having that map was amazing. Um, just having someone who who knows what they're doing, thinking through spatially how everything fits together, right? Because like you can come up with a bunch of ideas, but actually putting them together, like that just that that takes a it's a little bit of a trick <laughs> there. Yep. But then yeah, and then also the pregens that John put together were like so helpful for giving us a starting point for the the story part of the adventure, yeah. um, right? And like how how everybody fit together. Yeah, so I think if we if we do this again, I'll either want to like spend some time making those pre-gens, spend some time doing that map or really specifically like, yeah, calling out like who's going to do it this time. Yep. Yeah. Cause having, having that in hand is helpful. I had similar thoughts just listening to it that having pre-gens with good hooks was mm-hmm. really nice. And I can't speak for the players, but it sure seemed nice that they had a strong character hook to just fall back on in the absence when they weren't quite sure how to react yeah. And you had good players who who really ran with that. But mm-hmm. uh, it, it did make me think that maybe those pre-gen PCs might be fun to actually develop them as a group in the alongside the adventure rather than mm. having it be a side effort after the fact. Oh, that's really interesting. So like, yeah, so I mean, I think we had what, like eight pre-gens and so we had four players, right? So they could <laughs> yep. they could choose, you know, so there's going to be four that weren't used. Do you think that you would like have a specific number of adventures in mind? Or would it be like, like here, here's the pregens and we've already sort of thought how they're going to fit into this. It, I mean, it depends a little bit if it's a system. So we use Caltrop core and mm-hmm. I don't, you know, it's not very complicated to put numbers to a PC. Yeah. So that's no problem to whip up to brainstorm eight PCs. You know, I think it was mm-hmm. to having twice as many pregens as there were players was, was nice and gave the players plenty of choice. Yeah. So one other, one or two other quick questions for you. Um, So I'm curious was there a point while you were GMing that you were caught completely off guard by what the PCs did? And can you talk a little bit about like what went through your mind as you as you did the GM scramble? Um, I think the so this this adventure. So I mean, like we're somewhat assuming that you've listened to it, but just in case, like you know, so the the whole um, conceit of it was that. You know, it's like this maintenance and decorating crew was going to this this space station to get it, you know, ready for a New Year's Eve party. Um, and then, of course, they show up there and everything's going wrong, right? Um, so, like, sure, like, I think it's like a half an hour or so into into the, the episode or, you know, 45 minutes or so, an explosion happens, like, off screen in some other other place in the in this um in the space station and then the thought was right there's a giant explosion like of course the party's gonna go investigate it and they just didn't <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. at all it's like you know like you're on the space station like nothing is really happening like giant explosion in space happens and they're just like like i mean i think they were curious about it but no 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 one went, <laughs> right. to, yes. went to actually go like look at like what happened um yeah so that that was a i mean for me that was kind of fun cuz like there's enough going on in, in the adventure to to make it interesting even if they don't 
don't follow that um, very obvious breadcrumb. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that's just one of those things like, you know, players are going to do do sort of what they want. You know, you can you can put any any hook in front of them that you want to, but if they're more interested in talking to the stowaway, like they're going to do that instead. Yep. So real real life honesty, you're in a spaceship and you hear a loud explosion from somewhere else on the spaceship. Chris Salzman, do you go looking for what caused it or are you like... I'm sure whoever is responsible for addressing that is on the job. Oh yeah. Uh, so the person responsible is definitely <laughs> like, I'll ask around like, Hey, did you hear anything? About right. it? But I'm not going to go. Did you um, see the left half of the station drifting into the black? Yeah. It's like, like I hope that wasn't my <laughs> responsibility. Yeah. All right. Well, um, and then my last question here is, can you just describe what prep you did between when we finished brainstorming up the adventure and you ran it um mm -hmm. what i'm looking for is how you took sort of the raw materials that we gave you which was a a, a fairly loose assortment of locations and mm -hmm. a, a rough timeline and some npcs that that at the time of our brainstorming did not were not really fleshed out too much um so how did you what was your personal process for taking all that stuff and then getting ready to run it the, I think like the first step was just going back through, through sort of like all my notes and everything that I remembered from the conversation and just writing it all out. So there was, you know, a lot of ideas and stuff that we bandied around. So I just wanted to like get all that put down on paper, um, or in a Google doc. So that, that probably took, you know, a couple hours or so just to, to take all that, that information that we talked about, put it down, edit it as it was going, going into that document somewhat, just to make sure it's like, you know, <laughs> anything that I was putting in there I actually wanted to to deal with on the, the day of the adventure. And then from there, it was sort of reacting to like the map coming back in and then the pre-gens coming in, like, yeah, seeing how the, those things were going to come together. So uh, another thing that I did that I think I actually picked up from you, Andy, was going through each of the rooms and just giving them a short description, sort of like mm -hmm. some tags and stuff like, yeah, like this is, <laughs> yep. you know, like giving an idea of the space or like the interest, the points of interest and stuff in there. Yeah. Um, and that was really helpful because every time they entered a room, I could just look at it. It wasn't like a block text like you might see in a D&D &D book where it's like, you know, read this, <laughs> read this two paragraph text. It was more just like, yeah, like, uh, you know, living room with a bunch of aquariums, you know, and a giant couch. Like, right. So you have have these like discrete little bits of information that you can kind of improvise quickly as they're as they're moving through through the space and like honestly between that and then defining the timeline of the adventure like that was pretty much it and then it was just going to be seen like seeing how they're going to um actually interact with the, the, the adventure i have just a real interest in trying to nail down what makes a really gameable adventure you know mm -hmm. um you know you between the two of us you know we own plenty of of gaming pre-written adventures and campaigns and it's just funny uh, how some seem to just really lend themselves to running at the table and mm -hmm. others require a lot more work. And I'm not going to call out any specific examples here, but it's just interesting to me, you know, because I, I would like to think as we do these annual, and I think you and I have talked about doing this maybe more regularly than just once a mm -hmm. year going forward, yeah. is to get better at producing adventures that that give GMs what they need and and no more and no less, you know? Um, yeah. So I, I always like to hear from GMs like directly after they've yeah. run a, a pre-published adventure. There's something about the, like the hook of it, right? So like the, the hook for this, right, is you're, you're a decorating and maintenance crew going to a space station 
of a crypto trillionaire to decorate it for, you know, like for New Year's, right? Like that kind of gives you everything you need to know for the setup about whether or not it's going to be a, a fun adventure for you, I think. Like, and to me, that's a, a strong like it's a very strong hook that came out of that brainstorming session Yeah, <laughs> is like, yeah, like we, you know, like as I was describing this thing to people as they're like, Oh, like, Hey, you know, what are you up to with the podcast or something? It's like, you, you tell them that sentence and they're just like, well, I want to know more, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you know, I think that that also then applies to me, the person running. It's like, I want to see how it goes. And then also for the players, like they, you know, they also want to want to see what's going on in there. So it's a little bit less like there's a there's a cave in the woods that you ran across, you know, which is like, oh, that's I mean, that's a good, good, interesting hook. But you could also walk past that cave pretty easily, whereas yeah. um, creating these kind of like unique yeah, unique scenarios is, is something I'm really interested in uh, that you can like, you can hand to a GM and say, like, here's your one shot, right? Like, here's your yeah. here's your fun one shot for the evening. Well, awesome. Well, hey, thanks for letting me grill you there. I suppose I should pause now and say, you know, if you did listen to one or both of those special episodes and you have an opinion about whether you would or wouldn't like to hear more, (laughs) we would be interested in hearing it. You know, Chris and I have been batting around the idea of doing some sort of of bringing more actual play into the podcast or Mm -hmm. maybe spinning it off as a side thing. And we haven't landed on exactly the thing that feels right yet, but, you know, we would be interested in hearing from you. So yeah, for sure. Uh, um, can I ask you you a couple questions? Yeah, absolutely. If you've this? got any, yeah. so you know, yeah. I, it was kind of weird that I didn't really have any part in that uh, playing mm-hmm. the dungeon. So it, yeah, I, I felt a little uh, guilty listening to you, uh, <laughs> but I enjoyed it. Ask away. Yeah, yeah. I was I was going to. It's like it's your podcast, and then you know <laughs> you don't get <laughs> yeah. to participate. But. Uh, hopefully you felt like that was a break more than anything. It did, um, and then anyway. I should say like, right, you, you handled editing, which is a huge job, especially on something like that with all, all those different people. Um, so the, the question I have for you is having done the design and having like listened to someone run it, would you ever run this thing yourself? Yeah, absolutely. I'd say it would be, it would take work and skill to put that into a presentable format that somebody could run without having, you know, listened to our brainstorming session. Yeah. But I mm-hmm. think if we did, I would like happily give that to anyone to run and I would be happy to run it too. Partly because I have a feeling it would just be a lot different if you ran it a second time for a different yes. group of people. You know, it's yeah. so, so much of it was driven by what the players chose to be interested in and what mm-hmm. they, how they, they, specifically chose to interact with the elements of the environment that i guarantee you it would be insanely different even if you chris ran it again for a different Mm -hmm. group of people you know as when during the planning stage for example like my instinct would be to take it in a more horror direction not to just endlessly praise our adventure but i think we turned (laughs) we i think we came up with a setting that is pretty replayable and pretty rife for like reinterpretation and Mm -hmm. And reuse, I guess. So. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, like we we talked a little bit about this in in other venues about like the like the approach to this, right? Like my approach was always going to be downplaying the horror elements um, of it somewhat, right? Like so, like in in the adventure, right? There's like these you know space bug alien things, right? Yeah. Like and for me, like that's just like not something I'm really going to engage with. But I think like for you, Andy, like you said that you would probably like, <laughs> you'd go hard on the right. the alien menace. Yeah. Yep. For sure. So um, having talk- chatted about that, 
I don't want to spend too much longer on this episode. Yeah, partly because fine. the yeah. temperature here is is dropping rapidly. We're we're reaching like <laughs> we're reaching like Han Solo going out of the outside the shield in, on Hoth levels yeah. of temperature here. Um, yeah, the, the hug I that I have to... overlaid on Andy is slowly like blinking, <laughs> blinking blue. <laughs> it's like the temperature is dropping. But I did want to give each of us a little time to chat about our 2022 gaming plans, and specifically our mm-hmm. 2022 GMing plans. So I'm yeah. just going to lob a question to you, and let's just chat for a minute about what we have in mind. Is there a GMing tactic or gimmick or approach that's new to you that you want to try in 2022? Oh. So I'm going to answer this myself to get yeah, and give I'm you some time think. to think about it. Yeah. Sometime this year... I am interested in running a game where multiple groups of PCs are operating within the same setting or story. Ooh, so okay. I've I, I've always been inspired, like reading about those old school Gygaxian campaigns where he had different groups of people in the world kind of at the same time. And mm-hmm. I don't have ambitions to do anything quite as dramatic as some of that. But I would love to see what happens when two different groups of PCs with different goals in the same setting uh, mess around in the same place. So oh, that's really interesting. Would you would you make them very aware that they're in the same setting or would you just be running this and? Would this be for Andy or for the groups? <laughs> it, this would be for this would be for Andy. I guess I think key to making this actually happen would be finding a way to do it on sort of a small scale. But mm-hmm. I, I just kind of like the idea of like of one group of PCs having to react to or deal with the fallout from whatever the previous group did in the area. Yeah. Like so, it yeah. could be something simple like just visiting a dungeon or a location that has that was visited by the first group of pcs already and dealing with whatever is left there or it could Mm -hmm. be something more interesting like the second group of pcs is trying to stop the first group of pcs from doing something that's edging into like kind of ambitious territory and yeah and if 2020 and 2021 taught me anything it's don't set my sights (laughs) too high uh but yeah i don't know i mean does anything spring to mind when you heard that idea uh, as like an interesting way to do that yeah there's a like the the first one that came to mind that would be i think it would just be fun to watch you do this is uh is like having both groups like in separate rooms at the same time and you like <laughs> running <laughs> running back and forth like <laughs> That's right. trying to dm them uh, at the same time but yeah, I think you had actually mentioned maybe a year or two ago uh, doing a campaign where you played like like the grandchild. Yes. <laughs> like yeah, so you played like yeah, you played like one generation, and then you played their like their kids and then yep, their yep. kids. That's one of um, my like gaming white whale jamming white yes. whales is like a a sort of a generational game. Yeah, a generational game, and then I think like maybe even I th- did you you threw the twist on there too. I think of like even changing systems, so like yeah. starting with first edition, yeah. Yeah. Which I really like. Yeah. So that that's what came to mind is like, maybe this is your, your way to do that is like, yeah. I mean, because I think if you can split the, the, the time up, maybe it's maybe a little bit easier. Whereas if they're extant in the same, same time and space, I think that might be a little harder Yes. to pull off. But if it, if it is like, you know, first adventuring party goes through and then you come back and see 50 years later, like this is you know, the results of, of their, their heroism. <laughs> I'm glad you talked about that because I do agree with you because the big challenge of this would be, how do you do this without having to have them, everybody be in the same game session, like 
without entangling Mm -hmm. the two groups of PCs in a way that just would be a GMing challenge and probably not that exciting for the 12 players or whatever, you know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's a lot of ways to dig it. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a fun one. Yeah. I'm sure you'll, you'll come up with something great. You just got to do it. <laughs> but as every GM knows, it is easy to come up with campaign ideas. Uh, much, <laughs> yeah, uh, much harder to to pull them off and run them. But we'll yeah. see. You know, I, it's uh, it's early twenty two. Ad- admittedly, twenty two twenty twenty two is not off to the best of starts for me no. personally. Yeah. But I feel like it, there's, I'm going to give it a chance to get a little to get better. So we'll see. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so for for me, my my main thing is, is kind of just admitting that it's going to be hard to do in-person gaming, and I, I just need to figure out how to do online, like online gaming well, yeah. and, and embrace that in some way, um, right? Because I have like, uh, you know, I have this, I mean, we called it a one-shot, right? We're going to meet for a couple sessions, but, you know, it's been, been a month or two since we've been able to meet, and then, you know, COVID and stuff is happening, so it's, you know, it's the sort of thing where I think we're going to have to wrap up online if we're going to wrap up. Um, so I need to figure that out, but then I want to keep some momentum going. Um, so I think that probably means like not playing D and D necessarily. Yeah. Uh, just cause I think that's for me, that'd be harder to play online. I would just have to play in a very different style than what I'm used to. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I don't a hundred percent know what that means, but I think, I think like embracing that rather than just being mad about it as a reality would, is going to be the helpful, <laughs> the helpful switch. Yeah. Um, yeah, the helpful switch for me. So yeah, I think that's that's sort of where where I'm I'm thinking as far as my ambitions lie there. And like I think like I want to you know we even alluded to on this like I think I want to take that adventure that you know we we just did for the the build a dungeon play a dungeon and actually finish it up and publish it somewhere. Yeah, um, like we we talked about doing that last time and just didn't for whatever reason. But I think like it's this one's close enough that I think we could, if we just took, <laughs> you yeah. know, took a couple hours to do it. Um, yeah. And it'd be a fun artifact to have. And then would also make it easier for one of us to run it later. I think too. And we're like, you know, it's been five years. We're like, Oh yeah. Remember that, <laughs> that thing we did back in <laughs> way back when, Oh, like, Oh, we actually have it written up and published on drive through or whatever. So Yeah. And let's be yeah. honest that for whatever reason it doesn't get done is because I am a perfectionist when it comes to like editing and, and I never get it done. I'm never happy with yeah. like we've attempted to put this stuff together for you know some publication or free download or whatever in the past, and yeah. it doesn't happen. I think because I never get done with the editing part. So, yeah, 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 yeah. We need to yeah set our set our ambitions well. So uh, maybe uh, if, if if you're listening to this, maybe like hold us to that, and like if it's if it's coming towards the end of I'm going to say end of January, and it's not Oof. happening. You have um, our permission to, I guess, send us a mean note about it <laughs> or something. But yeah, how about encourage us to finish it up? That's right. Start out with yeah. an encouraging note. And then you by like March, you can start sending the mean notes. Yeah. <laughs> the, the overdue notices for your, your friend's creative works. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, Chris, I want to I, I think we should wrap up here. And yeah. do you have any closing thoughts or closing New Year thoughts for our listeners? Yeah, um, I'm really excited about what's going to happen with the podcast this year. So, I mean, I think we, we've we talked about it. We want to have more, some more guests on. Um, I mean, the plan is to do another role for topic convention. And I think we'll we'll have more information as we get closer to when that actually happens about um, you know how we're going to do it. I think the, the hope is that we can open it up a little bit more um, than what we did last time, too. So if you're a listener um, who wasn't able to come, 
last time. I think like we're going to find a way to make that happen. So, um, yeah, so I'm excited for stuff like that uh, with the podcast. Obviously, like we're going to do it again this year. (laughs) You know, it's like this is uh, this is an optional activity, but we enjoy it quite a bit. So we are uh, we will be here infecting your your brains every every other Thursday. (laughs) for for quite some time we've talked about it you know a lot so i don't want to belabor it but that that convention it truly was a highlight of this Mm. podcast for me in 2021 and i can't imagine not doing stuff like that going forward so yeah and uh and as chris said hope you know our goal is always to make it more open and uh, more welcoming for more people so yeah well thank you all for listening um i've been chris alsman i've been andy rao And remember, if your players are having fun, you're a great GM. 